Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I'm a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, and today I'm with Lynn Stukart, who is in Iowa in the US. And Lynn is a sound therapist. And she's got an amazing story. Now, her caregiving journey is not actually necessarily what's important here because she's been in touch with people who needed care, but not so much the primary caregiver herself. But she, with her therapy, has been able to help so many caregivers and help them through their journey, which can be extremely overwhelming, emotional, and and many other things. So, Lynn, tell us about your sound therapy. Oh, absolutely. So, thank you so much for having me, Ruth. Um, I am Lynn Stuckart, as you said, and I live in the Midwest, as we call it here in the United States. And so sound therapy is um, essentially, you might be thinking, what is sound therapy, which we also call sound healing, um, is the practice of using sacred instruments, which also include the voice, um, with the intention to heal and release energetic blockages and create a state of ease and harmony in the body. So the energy centers, which we also call the chakras, which you may have heard, are similar in many cultures throughout time, say ancient Greece, uh, Egypt, India, China. So and then another way to say this is just a highly effective form of vibrational energy medicine. And it is about educating um, and a conscious use of sound to reach goals and promote wellness in the human system, um, also including the expansion of consciousness. So sound will affect you at the cellular level and it elicits a relaxation response, allowing for your body to heal. So many people can agree that when they listen to music, um, it can affect our mood. So we go to say a concert or we're listening um, to musical theater or even meditation that there's no doubt that sound is incredibly powerful. So with sound healing, um, we talk about how everything is a vibration. So everything in the universe from our thoughts, our feelings, to our bodies, our physical bodies, to matter, all has a vibration. All living things are comprised of this, these energy fields. And so recognizing this, we use sound to balance those out and to you know disrupt the energy that might be blocked. So you might be thinking, um, this sounds a little woo, but what's really amazing is it's been around for um, centuries, and now we have science that is merging with these old world traditions that are now measuring what the ancients have known for a really long time, and that it's so powerful and it has restorative effects for our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. How did you get started in this? 
Uh, that's a great question. So I'm a classically trained musician and played professionally. I still do. And um, I was stuck in this very busy living life, running from thing to thing, um, trying to check off all the boxes, being an overachiever, being a people pleaser, go, 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 go. And for a long time, I didn't feel well. I'd have all these unexplained health symptoms, insomnia, all these things. And you go to a traditional medical doctor and they might give you some, I call it the pills, right? You know, they're going to give you a prescription and it doesn't really fix the root cause. But of course, that's what we're conditioned to always do. And so fast forward, my dad passed away from pancreatic cancer six years ago. And that was a really um, pivotal point in my life. I saw him be given about two to four months to live. Pancreatic cancer is really painful. And um, we were preparing a funeral. And what we didn't know is that his mindset was so powerful that he was just not convinced he was going to, this was not going to take him out. So instead of living two or three or four months, he lived for three years. Wow. And, you know, so that was you know, like, wow, what a warrior spirit that he could continue to, he was really optimistic. I mean, there were days obviously that were hard, but um, he reacted really well to chemo and radiation. And then I saw how this was really tiring for my mom too, you know, cause she was the one that went to every single appointment. She drove him cause sometimes afterwards he wouldn't feel well. And she didn't really have a, a resource of, you know, it was basically, um, she'd be really tired, you know, she'd kind of shut down a little bit, you know, going into kind of survival mode. I and mean, it was all about, you know, helping my dad. And I think that's how a lot of caregivers feel is that it's, you know, it's, it's so much about helping the person who needs the care that we forget to care about ourselves. So I kind of saw this happening and then, you know, losing my father, um, you know, he passes three years after that. And then, you know, my health still wasn't great. Um, and I really felt really unfulfilled in life. And I kept thinking there has to be something more for me that's going to allow me to help more people. As a musician, I was helping people, but you know, I kept asking the universe, can you give me some signs? And there were some signs, but um, the first was I f was on vacation and I fell and I broke my left hand. And this was um, just going to fast forward through that journey. It was extremely painful as a classical flutist to break your hand, have reconstructive surgery. I didn't have very good support from um, the doctors, the surgeons. It was, you know, you kind of felt like a number, you know, you're, you're kind of ushered in, ushered out. And um, I, I just didn't feel well. I developed PTSD from that. Um, and that, that's at least what I was labeled with because it was very painful and you go through reconstructive surgery and I had to learn how to use my hand again. And, and then I, I started having more severe health problems and I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. And at this point I'm like, okay, what else is going to go wrong? <laughs> right? Like this is not healthy. This is not a way to live. Um, and I started to get really curious of how I could improve my life without, um, making huge, huge changes. And little did I know that as I opened the door to sound healing and a friend had recommended it and said, you know, you, this might be right up your alley. And it really was. And as I opened the door to sound healing and learning about it and, you know, how to play the instruments, how to play with intention, how to help people help themselves with sound and, and the frequencies. And, um, it just kept 
peeling back layers of my own life that I saw of wanting to feel supported and improve my health, mind, body, spirit. And what it did is it started to completely transform my life. Um, I no longer feel like I have any symptoms of PTSD. I've, I've released that energy through a lot of sound healing. Um, you know, do I get triggered by life? Of course, I think we all do. There's things that, you know, there's a lot in our environments that are overstimulating and upsetting. Um, I call it chaos, right? There's, and now I've learned that no matter what's going on in my outer world, that I have choices and I have the tools to try to bring me back to center. And, and I know I'm not perfect at this, but I get much, much better at coming back to center of feeling well because studies now are showing that over 80% of all disease is coming from chronic stress. If you know Dr. Bruce Lipton, who's a leading researcher and stem cell biologist, he thinks it's in the 90s, 95 percentile. It really is incredible. And that, yes, our DNA plays a role, but it's the way in which it's expressed by our lifestyles and how we live our lives. And so now I see where, why I didn't feel well because I was living in environments and I didn't have the tools that were in alignment with who I am, being authentic, being, you know, all these things that, you know, you're kind of conditioned in society, right? To, you know, do this and do that. And the more you do, the more you do, then supposedly you're more valuable when yeah. in fact we're born worthy. So can I ask you, what does it take to be a sound healer? Is it something that anybody can do, even if they're not a musician, or do you have to have had a musical background of some sort? That's a great question. Um, so you'll see kind of across um, across of everything. So it is definitely very valuable to have a musical background at some level. So I have my master's in music. Um, but there are people from, you know, that have their masters in music who are doing sound healing, you know, or there are people who have no music background. They just love music. So where you'll see this a lot is like massage therapists, um, yoga instructors, Reiki pr um, practitioners. They want to supplement their work with something else too. They you know they want to add services for other people. So they'll want to add, you know, maybe crystal bowls, Tibetan bowls bringing in some tools to help their clientele. And um, I went through formal training to become certified because I really wanted to know, and, and because I have this musical background, I really wanted to know, you know what made sound healing work. And um, I knew that just from my own background, I wanted to have that formal training. Um, some people will do like a weekend course. Um, I. I'm a big proponent of knowing it really, really well um, because we're responsible <laughs> for helping our clients, whoever it be, you know, I'm going to just say people, heal themselves. And it's to me, it's an enormous responsibility because I take it very seriously that I'm helping other people. So for instance, I've had clients who have had severe traumas at, when they've given birth to, to their children. And to me, that's really serious, right? Because it affects you as a parent and then, you know, the way you view yourself. And while I'm not a healer, I am setting the stage to help others discover their own healing processes. Because the body is really intelligent. When we give it the right environment, it can 
heal and, you know, rejuvenate itself. Just like when we cut ourselves, if the wound is in the right environment, it will heal and on okay. you go. That's interesting. And so we know that sound healing is so, so good for people. How does it help caregivers in particular? So um, that's a great question. So as a caregiver, and you know this too, that there's a, a lot of stress involved, lots of worry, lots of anxiety. Of course, there's frustrations with the medical system, um, just part of this, part of anything every day. So the benefits of sound healing for a caregiver is it's going to allow you to de-stress. It's going to give you the tools to de-stress and release that tension, that overwhelm, and lower your anxiety. Um, it elicits a deep relaxation response. And when we go into that deep relaxation response, we're going to the parasympathetic system, which allows us to rejuvenate and relax and revive. Um, it does balance the energy centers. So if you're into the chakras, I mean, the, the chakras are true things. They're, they're measurable by science now, which is really fascinating. Um, it will improve sleep. Um, so a lot of times people have insomnia because of ongoing worry, anxiety, um, maybe poor eating habits, because you know, you're, you know, you're in a hospital, you might not be getting the yummiest food. Um, it will also improve your health because when you're in this relaxation response, your body is rejuvenating and it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's healing itself. Um, so your own health will improve from that too. And presumably this also could help the person who's being cared for, whatever the issue is with them. Oh, absolutely. Um, so for, for instance, in the United States, I'm not sure if you do that in England, but in certain, you know, let's say you're in hospice, which is like end of life care. Um, they will bring in um, trained music therapists, which is somewhat similar to sound healing to allow people to really um, relax. So if they're in pain or they're uncomfortable, it will help fear of passing, um, the loneliness, the depression, all these things that go with that will help that release itself. And what's really, um, I think, a magnificent about it is that with the training and how I uh, do this, and of course other um, train sound healers too, is that we're allowing, we're taking the frequencies with the intention of helping people to heal. And that's where the healing part starts to come in is it's gonna, you know, cause this deep relaxation response. It helps improve mood. Um, it just allows them to become much more comfortable. So I have a student whose mother used to play Celtic harp in a hospice center and the families were so appreciative that she would come in and play and it's very angelic. And of course, the person who is, you know, suffering and going through this end of life experience too, you know, it's all around, it's very therapeutic for everyone involved. That's interesting. And is it something you can do as a group or is it better one-to-one? -one? So for example, you go into a care home and you, you it's something you can offer for all the people living there, or is it best if it's on a one-to-one -one basis? they both are equally um, beneficial. Um, what I love about groups, especially let's say you had a family that was in a room with somebody who's in, you know, like a, somebody who's in, who's being cared for, is that 
it allows in a unity um, and a unifying manner that family to release some of that stress and worry too. So it's um, it's a bonding moment. It's um, you know it's humanity. It's that connection. Um, and then when you're dealing with like one on one, so I see a lot of clients one on one, and then we can really start to do a little bit more of a deep dive of like what they're you know um, trying to release and to improve. And sometimes people don't want to say that out loud to other people, right? Like in a group, um, not everybody processes emotions the same way. So I think both of them are equally wonderful. And, um, and, and I do a lot of group work too. So it kind of really just depends on what people need. But I find most people will do a group situation first because there's safety in numbers, right? Um, and they, they just want to dabble and see how, what it's all about. Is this something that children can benefit from as well? Oh, absolutely. So from the ages of basically zero to seven, our brains are in theta state. And theta state is that childlike, you know, we have imaginary friends and we play house and, um, you know, play, we play cops and robbers and all those things that children do. And then, of course, then we get into a school system and our brains are not, um, they're not at the same brain wavelength. And there's different brain wavelengths that, you know, um, we talk about in sound healing as well. For children, I think, you know, there's so many things that they're being faced with, especially here in America, right? They, they may not have supportive family systems. Um, I was a teacher in the school system for many years, and I would hear a lot of children who were worried about the future. They didn't know if they were going to have a full meal. Um, you know, we don't have universal health care here. Um, mom or dad might not be in the picture. And so they have worries too, um, because our, our basic needs are to be seen, heard, and valued and feel safe. And so what the sound does is it allows anyone, including children, to feel very present in the moment and get out of that worry state. And so, for instance, if I had a Tibetan bowl, which are the metal bowls that look so beautiful, but most of them are made in Nepal. And if we just listen to the sound of that um, Tibetan bowl and focus in on that sound, it will help elicit that relaxation response, even for children. And um, I know here in America, too, that, you know, we have school shootings a lot. And so they're worried. You know, there's a lot of concern. Um, they don't feel safe. Um, and then this is, of course, across our country, but there's, there's that grief, fear, loneliness, depression, whatever it might be for children. Um, it's going to help them as well. That's brilliant. Lynn, thank you so much for this, because I think this is something that I can see can help everybody, really. Definitely something for, you know, for the elderly, for the children, for the caregiver, everyone can benefit from this. And I think it's just such a brilliant way to help people. So thank you so much for explaining it to us. And obviously we're going to, in the show notes, put in there how people can get in touch with you and, and any information that you want to share so that people can find you somewhere. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. See you next time.